Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He's a gorilla of destiny. A bullet club OG. Continuing on the legacy of the most feared name in all of wrestling. From Tonga to Japan to America, you are now entering Tamas Island with your host, the babyface heel, Tamatonga. All righty, folks, it's Tuesday. It is 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. We have got another edition of Thomas Island that's going to be coming at you on this fine Tuesday or wherever you're listening to it. Uh, we have some serious news to take care of up at the up at the top, so I'm going to get the introductions out of the way real quick. First of all, joining us as always, the one, the only Karen. Karen, how are you on this fine Tuesday? This Tuesday feels like a Friday. It's it's been it's been a week, and we're only getting started. <laughs> Boy, this, let me tell you something, Karen, we'll get to how much news there has been over the past week. This was my second week over at WrestlingInc.com, and boy, howdy, I feel like I've worked an entire month over the past two days. We'll get to why in a second, but first, not only is Karen coming on back to the podcast, we got the one, the only, we got John. John, how are you on this Tuesday? That's doing finger guns, I don't know why. I'm doing all right. Uh... <laughs> You know, like uh, like Karen said, uh, happy Friday, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> not, not 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 for any reason other than after the few days we've had, I fucking quit this week. Yeah, I'll see no, you on Monday. I, look, I I have plenty I'm checking of duties. out. I have plenty of duties I still have to take care of, but I do not blame you guys at all. It has been a busy week. It has been a rough week. It has been uh, a lot has been going on in the world of professional wrestling alongside Karen and John. I'm your host as always. The Folk City Hustler, the Culture Vulture, the Dirtbag Disruptor, the 5th Gen Fighter of Wrestling Inc., the uh, Bored Ape of God, the Shaman of Shit Talk, the Thane of Fife. I'm whatever you need me to be, but this week I am your Sherpa up the mountain of news here on Thomas Island. I am Ross W. Berman, the 4th. Let's get to some very heavy news just to start off. We are not going to dwell too much on this because it's of a personal nature. Jeff Hardy was arrested again in Florida on Monday morning. He was arrested Monday morning, it appears, around... He was arrested around 9.45. He was booked at 12.30. He was charged with three counts, one of which was driving under the influence for the third time within the past 10 years. The other two were driving with a canceled or suspended license, and the other one was driving with a with uh, restrictions on your license. Uh, he was in jail. He posted a $3,500 bond on Monday evening. He is now out of jail. He is set to be arraigned on July 5th in Volusia County uh, Court. It's his third strike for a DUI, which means he could be facing up to five years in prison as well as $5,000 $5, fine. The severity of the charges mean that I 
I'm not sure the judge is going to be lenient on him. I'm just going to be real with you folks. The dash cam footage has been released. The officer's report has been released. Jeff Hardy was belligerently drunk during when he was pulled over. He was breathalyzered twice. The first time he blew 0.294. The second time he blew 0.291, both of which are more than three times above the legal limit of 0.08. Like I said, this is his third arrest for driving under the influence within the past three years. The other two were both in 2019, so there is it, it is it's not even within the past 10 years. It's his third strike in as many years. This is third strike in three years. If you've watched the dash cam footage, TMZ has it. It's not fun to watch. Cardi has trouble with his parking brake, ends up pulling away from officers at one point. Officers even end up drawing their gun on him. It's not a it's it's not a fun situation, which is why we're not going to dwell on it, but we have a duty to report it to you all. AEW has responded already. Jeff Hardy has been suspended without pay and will not be allowed back until he has completed some form of rehabilitation or treatment and has maintained his sobriety. So without a actual commitment from Jeff Hardy to his sobriety, he will not be back in AEW for the foreseeable future we wish the hardy family nothing but healing vibes whatever you want to call it uh either jeff hardy needs to get back on the road to recovery if he wants to drive or if he wants if he's not if he's going to stay off the wagon he should not be getting behind the uh wheel of a car the, the choices he made put a lot of people in danger at again 9:45 in the morning he blew a 2.94 it's just it's just sad it's just frustrating it is a bad pattern from hardy we send them nothing but hope and light in the hard road that the entire family has ahead uh moving on from that because like i said we're not going to dwell on it some good news out of japan sort of a a bittersweet news out of japan the japanese government has passed a law that has officially made what they describe as online insults a crime that is punishable with up to one year in prison, as well as I believe it was a up to a three hundred thousand yen fine, which is approximately I, I believe is approximately roughly two thousand dollars. Yeah, roughly two thousand. I was going to say roughly about twenty two thousand uh, twenty two hundred dollars. Nice. Uh, it is this is significantly up from the original penalty, which was up was around thirty. It was I believe it was no more than ten days in jail, something like that, as well as no more. And a seventy dollar fine. Yeah, it was nine thousand yen. Uh, the the person. The yen's really weak right now. Was it, when yes. was it? Was this passed recent? Like like this was passed in on the last Monday. couple days. This yeah. was passed on Monday by so, the Japanese so, government in the way. So is, of, is is ELP in trouble for saying that Asahi beer sucks? No, it's not. It's not going to be. It's not going to be that serious. This was actually in reaction to the suicide of Hannah Kimura, the uh, Japanese wrestler who died in 2020 after getting racist abuse from fans of the show Terrace House online. One of the people who was abusing her online was eventually charged. He paid about eighty dollar. He paid about an eighty dollar fine, which I believe led to more pressure on the Japanese government to. pass this law there is a provision on the law because there were lots of critics who believed that it would harm free speech in the country and so in three years from when the law goes into effect this summer from three years after that they're going to do another inquiry into how the law has affected expression in japan so there's everything uh there's there's the kind of serious news what do you kind of think of this this law getting passed in japan karen i know you you've been covering stardom you've been covering joshi you 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 have a, a, a connection to, to the Hannah Kimura I story don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, but the summer I moved to Japan, mm. there was a cyberbullying incident that involved 
12 year olds. Oh, wow. And okay, yeah, no, you, haven't, you haven't brought this up. So keep I going. would think, yeah. Um, so what happened was they were elementary school students. They were, you know, back, even back in 2003 that, you know, smartphones were a little bit more advanced there than it, they were here. So one girl found out her classmate was bullying her, took a box cutter to school, slashed the girl across the throat and killed her. Yikes. Okay. Yeah, that is And so it's taken, and because she was being cyberbullied by her, that girl and her friends, it's taken this long. It's taken nearly 20 years for them to get to this point. Mm-hmm. So this is beyond, this goes beyond wrestling. This is long overdue because just like here in the States or every, everywhere else, you know, Social media isn't the only thing where bullying happens. It happens on the schoolyard. It happens, in the, like, you know, back when I was in high school, the stall bathroom, like, yep. the bathroom stalls were, that's where all the gossip was. Yep. Like, it's well, and I, and beyond overdue. And I, so, I was like, I, I, I I just like you. I, when I was in high school, I remember the days of, you know, bull, I remember high school bullying, but those bullies had faces. I feel like the internet, because it creates this anonymous world, yeah. because it creates this world where you feel like, might be a little bit more immune from consequences it can increase the frequency it can increase the intensity a little bit it's it's the to, keyboard cowboys who have pull, think they oh, oh sorry Go ahead, john Karen. to uh to pull from the uh the, the old web as the elder millennial uh <laughs> penny arcade comic had a famous uh web comic that went around uh oh my god penny arcade kids are uh, they're kind of like comic books but on the internet they're they're i believe they're dead now uh they've been replaced by TikTok. And I believe it was called the Internet Dickwad Theory or something okay. like that, or Anonymous Dickwad Theory, where in, like the more anonymous you become, this is from the old days of like the Xbox Live Chat, yep. like when they first started bringing in chat into Xbox and stuff, right? Because all you got <laughs> the, is a gamer the tag. Bad, the bad old days, I remember those, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, <laughs> it was bad. Listen, I'm, I was no angel, but I never, I never uh, said anything. Uh, you know, tried not to be like racist, sexist, homophobic. Mm. Uh, I would make more personal insults about your your ability to play the game. That's called trash talk. <laughs> and I think that, and I think that now what people have lost is yep. trash talk. Is like, you know, hey man, good take. Why don't you shove it up your ass? I don't know because it's such shit. That's fine. But once you start talking about someone's identity, who they are at their core. Now you're you're really starting to affect them. And whether or not these trolls understand this or not, it's affecting them too. Mm-hmm. Because the more that they do this, the more they become actual assholes in their whole life. It just, it breeds more anger. It breeds hate. We've seen it show itself, unfortunately, in uh, in, in uh, Uvalde and, and in the, uh, mm-hmm. the mass shootings in grocery stores and stuff. This is not a joke. This is not like, you know, hey, let's get a Discord and, and trash talk everybody. This is let's get a Discord and create a hate group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 the shit needs to stop, man. Like, I don't want to like take this too serious because we opened up on some pretty serious shit, but yeah. like this no, but it fucking but bad. It's, but but it's, we're also in Orlando, John, where it, Sunday yeah. was the anniversary of the pulse shooting. So it's like yeah. it's still oh yeah. No, and it's it is it is a global it is a global thing, and that's why I do also I you know you do have to highlight the racial aspect to the abuse that Hannah Kimura was getting because mm-hmm. part of the problem was people felt that she had an attitude problem because she wasn't fully fully Jap her background wasn't completely Japanese, and so that made her seem less than to a lot of uh, just terrible terrible people online. And, and the whole is- thing that they were bullying her over, by the way, was a situation that was written by like reality show producer. Not yeah. that there was any excuse over it, but they did a bit. 
where yep. uh, you know somebody did something and she did something. So, bad here, I, I've, said, I've right? got the I've got the whole thing because what happened was she and another castmate, another castmate, she felt damaged her wrestling gear in the house. It was it was her Wrestle Kingdom gear yes. that got shrunk in the laundry. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, and it was it was really just it was supposed to be this lighthearted moment on a reality show of oh so you know Hannah Kimura is a wrestler. People don't understand wrestling gear. Like it was it was going to be you know this throwaway moment, but it's a sitcom bit. Exactly, but fans latched onto it, and it created just a horrible situation for everyone yeah. involved. Because even even after the death of Hanakamura, more cyber terror uh, cyber terrorist um, uh, contestants came out and revealed the abuse that they have been subjugated to online, and eventually the show was just straight up canceled. Uh, and so there, it was it her her death did expose a seedier, seedier underbelly to reality show fandom that is not just exclusive to Japan. You see it in America, you see it in Korea, you see it everywhere where there are large groups of fans. I mean, hell, you should you should see what people have to say about the Indian film scene. There are it just gets crazy after an amount of time. And that's why I appreciate the Japanese government stepping in strengthening these uh, uh, punishments for online insults. I also appreciate the idea of them looking at this law in three years and understanding that the law is a living breathing organism. I think a lot of people are like, let's pass a law and then just forget about it. And that is not the way that it's not the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to maintain the various institutions. So I do, I do like the provision that they've added to it, and I hope it sheds some light on on whatever it's supposed to uh, shed light on. And shout out to uh, Meow Run Love Thirty Four in the chat. She's a social media. They're a social media manager talking about how badly this is needed. And yeah, that's it. Social media has had a sort of reckoning, I think, over the past four or five years, maybe even the past decade. And, and, um, and as and as somebody with a big mouth myself, I appreciate freedom of speech. Yeah, <laughs> but no, there I, are times when I'm like, I get heated, and I'm thinking like, somebody's put the fucking reins on me because, you know, yeah. I don't want it to get too far. I'm starting to get angry. I have to walk away from the phone, you know. And 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 I think that more people need to do that. And maybe yep. for you know, and and what's good for for you know would would be if some of the so you know so i know some of the social networks are trying to do their best at, yep. at maintaining some of these systems big problem i think they have is I, I saw something before that the moderation systems the automated moderation systems especially are not made for foreign languages mm -hmm. so in japan they're using for example twitter but and it's doing you know like a google translate level job yep. Of, yep. of translating hate speech and trying to find the hate speech so like oh, government's got to step in because the system can't do it right mm -hmm. No. Uh, no, I'm I'm with you. I think we're all on the same page. Good on the government of Japan. Hopefully this leads to some progress in the area of online. And I'm sure it's not automatically like if I say fuck that guy, police show up on my door. I'm sure somebody has no, to it's, report. Well, and right. They they there there are various definitions between the difference between defamation and what they consider insults. Like it it doesn't sound it doesn't sound as restrictive as it sounds, but like I said, they have that provision in there to make right. sure in three years that they're not clamping Definitely. down on it because because that was the one that was the one issue that critics you know necessarily raised is is this going to be used to you know suppress uh speech about you know, that would call power into question that kind of thing would right. would protest come under the idea of insults and so we'll find out in three years but that's the news uh as uh, that's all the news that's fit to print let's talk about some wrestling let's talk about a very, very big weekend in New Japan, pro wrestling, Dominion 
was this past Sunday morning. There was a, the shit. No, it didn't, man. It didn't happen. Nothing happened there. I don't talk about no, it. No, it happened. We have no, to didn't. talk about it. It happened. A lot of things changed. A lot of things stayed the same. And uh, overall, I think it was a very good event. I think it was a fun time. It was a little, little packed, a little crowded. Uh, you know, when you've got Hiroshi Tanahashi and Hiroki Goto only wrestling about 13 minutes, I think maybe the, cra- the card's a little crowded. But the main event was fantastic. It has a lot. There's a lot of directions they can go out for in the future, especially as we're heading towards Forbidden Door. But let's rip the Band-Aid off uh, right now. Let's start with the most prescient news for the Thomas Island listeners. Unfortunately, Tama Tonga was unable to defend the Never Openweight Championship against Carl Anderson. The uh, addition of Doc Gallows at ringside was a little too much for Tama and his second Jado to overcome carl anderson is now the 37th never open weight champion i think i speak for everyone on thomas island when i say fuck that guy um so we are going to now that we've ripped the band-aid off let's talk about some of the cheerier news from uh from the the dominion show first of all the fact that uh uh let's see What's what's some good news? All right, there's not a lot of good news. Hiroshi Tanahashi is. I was just gonna say, man. Like, what do you? Yeah, no, I I set my I set myself up for failure on that one because I was like, surely there's some good news on this car, and then I'm like, nope. House of Torture one, Will Osprey one, Jay White one. Uh, it's a it's United Empire one. United Empire one. It's it was a rough night. It was a rough night for fans of Shingo. Shingo, that's pretty good. Shingo, Shingo won, one. but it God won. bless the 10 minute time limit. But at what, <laughs> at what cost? Like, yeah, Shingo won, but Tai Chi stopped putting up a fight like three fourths of the way through the match. We'll talk about it in a second. But first, let's talk. We talked about Carl Anderson. So let's talk about Jay White. Jay White is currently the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. He defeated Kazuchika Okada in just about 35 minutes in a Look, I don't like the guy, but the match was really, really good. I mean, really just a, a spectacular uh, match. I think probably one of the best matches Okada and White have had against each other. And yes, I'm including Madison Square Garden in that uh, assessment. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw to you, Karen, first. What do you think of IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Jay White? I'm not surprised by it. Okay. Because, you know, the whole... A significant part of the buildup to Forbidden Door has been Jay White making the rounds between Impact and AEW. Yeah. Do I agree with the decision? Eh. Yeah. Because you know, I you know, I I have my own fantasy bookings for Forbidden Door, and I really wanted Okada versus Hangman, and now mm. it's I don't know what it is. Like, is it, it a, might, just it a might. random three way with Okada? Because like it, my my thing was that they made this whole big to do like it's all about bullet club and you, the undisputed elite and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, but how does that all fit together now? Cause I was under the impression that they would be having a giant tag match and mm-hmm. like, they're not going to give him a singles match. Like who, who's going to fight him in a singles match right now? I don't know. In general, I, like, I'm sorry, I'm just, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. John. No, man, we're go all ahead. fumbling the ball here because this is so fucking confusing. Uh, it's, it's like <laughs> our hands are covered in mud and we're standing in mud and we're trying to catch the ball and it's just it's confusing. Um, Jay White is not a fucking. Perp- I keep I'm dropping a lot of f bombs, Ross. I'm That's so sorry. That's fine. So it's, <laughs> been a, it's been a weird fucking week, John. Just go for it. <laughs> all right, so fucking Jay White, fucking dude, he just this fucking guy. Uh, he's not the forbidden door. 
He yep. literally has been paid by AEW. He's been on AEW numerous times. Now, now to be fair, he hasn't. He's not like signed with AEW. He no, was but brought he made, on, but it's but we've seen. Yeah, it. but but the only reason he was brought onto AEW television is because Tony Khan was debuting <laughs> Keith Lee and was like, "Yeah, Keith Lee is coming through the Forbidden Door." And then he realized, "Oh, that's not what the Forbidden Door means. I need someone from New Japan to show up." And Jay was just hanging out in Florida cuz he hasn't been in Japan for a while. And, and that so did such he- a great disservice to Keith Lee's debut. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like and Jay White wasn't forbidden. I love Keith Lee, but and and Jay White didn't actually match what what Tony Khan said either, so you'd really have to like think that he was talking about both of them. It's it look, that he said. I I don't think Tony Khan knew what he was talking about at the time, but I'm talking well, in hindsight. I'm, talk- I'm talking in hindsight now, but at the end of the day, it does sound like a Hangman Page could still have Okada because Jay White has no intention of giving Hangman Page a shot at the IWGP World title. That was Jay White's words. That could change between now and Forbidden Door. But as far as Jay White's concerned, the what was the exact word he called him? The cowboy bitch is never getting the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, according to uh, according to Jay White. Well, people were all saying that Tanahashi wouldn't be challenging CM Punk for the AEW World Championship, and look where we're at right now. Exactly. Look, I like I said, there's still a couple weeks to change. Like, I'm not going to pretend there's a lot of time between now and Forbidden Door, despite the fact that there's no announced card, but they have a little bit of time to set up whatever's going on between Jay White, Hangman Page, Okada, Adam Cole, and everyone else that's kind of thrown their hat into that weird little ring there. But uh, at the end of the day, when Jay White won, A, I went into this match, a diehard Okada guy. I was like, Okada's got to retain the belt, take that belt to Chicago and show AEW what a real champion looks like, yada, yada, yada. And then about 20 minutes into the Jay White-Okada match, I was like, man, Jay White's not fucking around. This real, like, because he hasn't been in Japan for a while. He wasn't in the G1. He's mainly been on New Japan Strong. And so it's been a while since I've seen a Jay White main event match. And there was part of me that was like, maybe he doesn't have it anymore. Maybe he's been hanging out in Florida because he lost to Kota Ibushi and it broke something in him. But about 20 minutes into that Dominion main event, I started seeing flashes of the old Jay White, and I started to become okay with the idea of him winning. I was still rooting for Okada, but I, I you know, you start to go, if, if he wins, he wins. And then he gets on the mic after winning, and he tells the crowd, cheer for me. I want you all to break protocol and cheer for me. And the crowd did. And so that tells me that there is something so fresh and so electric about Jay White that he got the Osaka crowd to say, damn the government regulations. We're going to make some noise for the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And damned if that doesn't sound like a champion to me. Damned if that doesn't sound like someone that the Japanese people want to see carry that belt into Forbidden Door and represent New Japan Pro Wrestling in AEW's home turf. So I'm, I'm... while I was rooting for Okada, and while I'm still absolutely confused as to why in the hell Jay White, Okada, Hangman Page, and Adam Cole are, are stuck in this weird confluation of who's going to face who, I get it. I get, I, I understand Okada, I, I've, I've talked too much about the safe choice over the past few months to be yeah. like, 
oh, they should have stuck with Okada despite how much people are liking Jay White. Uh, you know, like, this is something fresh. This is something new. It is an intriguing twist on the fact that Jay White has wrestled for Impact. He's wrestled for AEW. He's wrestled for New Japan. He cut a blistering promo after the match about how if he hadn't beaten Kenny Omega, Kenny Omega wouldn't have tucked his tail behind his, between his legs, run off to America and formed his own company. And so he basically is taking all of the credit for AEW. He's taking credit for Brian Danielson. He's taking credit for Adam Cole not being in NXT. He's taking credit for Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. He's taking credit for everything in the modern pro wrestling landscape. And I'm an only child, so God help me, I relate to an egomaniac. So there is part of me, there is part of me that has been swayed, but I also completely understand people wanting Okada to go in. You know what I mean? It's, I don't know. That's, the, that's where I'm kind of coming from. You don't think we're going to get a four-way, do you? I don't know. I, I hope we don't. I honestly wouldn't bet but on But it would Adam. be a safe way to put the belt back on Okada. Well, and it would be a safe way to put the belt on Okada, and it would be a safe way to make sure that no one comes out of the match being like, oh, I definitively got beat by someone because there's always someone coming in from the side in a multi-man match. Yeah. My only my only real issue with that is I I'm not sure of what Adam Cole's status is going to be by Forbidden Door. He's been dealing with a myriad of injuries. It sounds like they're resting him up to get him ready for Forbidden Door. But until until I really, I don't know, until I either see confirmation that he's been cleared or they straight up book him for a match, I'm going to be sit there. I'm going to be sitting there wondering, is this guy even going to be able to wrestle on January on June 26th or is or, or is he just kind of making noise? Uh, now it being about two weeks before the show, I don't think I should be at the point where I'm saying, are they just making noise or is this match going to happen? But that's where we're at. And that's what's going on right now. Uh, there are Dexter in the chat, bringing up a very good point. This could just be leading to Okada teaming with hangman to take on Adam Cole and Jay white as Jay white and Adam Cole are sort of bosom buddies in the super elite bullet club homunculus. But is... do you make that the main event or is that the semi main with no, oh, no. Tanahashi Moxley think, closing the show? I, I think, I think unless the IWGP world title is on the line, the AEW interim title should be the main event. I think Moxley Tanahashi should be the main event. And in fact, I, I think. I think the tag match is a better idea just so they don't confuse yeah. the AEW title situation further. Cause they're already going in and, and whoever comes out of Moxley Tanahashi is going to be a champion with an asterisk. If you then add the IWGP world heavyweight title to the show and it suddenly pushes the interim championship out of the main event, the main, it, it then adds an asterisk to the asterisk, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> yeah, it's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, not only is it not the main title, it wasn't even the main event on the show where it was decided. And yeah. so there is only so far that can fall down the card without you just doing immense damage to the actual uh, event itself. Um, that That's why I would I would ask for the, the, the four-way, or I, hell, I would say keep Okada out of it, or I would say keep Jay White out of it and have Okada, Hangman, and Adam Cole wrestling a three-way for a chance at the IWGP world title, not the world title itself, just because I think having more than one world title on that show. Hell, I don't even think the ROH world title should be on that show. I really think it should be focused on the interim championship or else it's gonna, yeah. or else it's just not going to feel as important as it's supposed to feel. Um, the other big weird news about Forbidden Door, though is that because of 
because of New Japan's relationship with CMLL and AEW's relationship with AAA, and the fact that CMLL and AAA would not be caught dead doing business together, even if you put a gun to their head, I think at this point, uh, it means now that Penta, uh, Penta L Zero, whatever Pentagon Junior is going by right now, Pentagon Zero is off. Miedo. Zero Miedo. Yes, that's what he is. Uh, Zero Miedo, not allowed. Or Zero to be. or Oscuro or Penta. Penta's not allowed on the show. <laughs> we're just Ray we're just Phoenix. all trying not to sound like Peggy Hill over here. Exactly. <laughs> Ray Phoenix not allowed on the show. Um, Andrade, who was a big uh, was a big kind of hype before. Uh, for Forbidden Door, as he was bringing in Roosh, he was supposed to be the Los Ingobernables connection in AEW. Andrade is not going to be able to work Forbidden Door. So a lot, and it is still up in the air if FTR would be able to work Forbidden Door as they are not the AAA champ, they are the AAA tag champions right now. Samuel Guevara and Tay Conti are the AAA mixed tag champions. It it doesn't sound like all of them are gonna be taken off, but the but because Andrade, Phoenix, and Penta are straight up contracted with AAA, it sounds like they are going to be not allowed anywhere near that show. You mean they're what's, not all what's elite? Roosh's relationship with AAA right now? Because I know his brothers are doing here's the are, are, are his brothers working for AAA right now? Here's the thing about Roosh. It doesn't sound like Roosh is working for anyone right now. Yeah. Because he has been working for AAA. He has been technically working for uh AEW, but he's not signed. He's been on a per appearance uh, basis. And so Roosh is kind of this, I, I, I don't know what the situation with Roosh is at the moment. It, I wouldn't be surprised if Roosh is available because he doesn't technically work for anyone, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Roosh doesn't technically work for anyone because Roosh is being Roosh. And if, if you have kept up with Roosh's um, um, backstage, let's call them issues. He's not, he, he is a, a man who is ruthless at business, so to speak. Uh, he is a man that is going to make sure Roosh gets taken care of. And to a degree, Roosh is going to make sure his family gets taken care of bestia and all of those folks. Um, and so it, it is a complicated situation with a lot of the luchadors, despite the fact that they're some of AEW's most popular talent. There is an issue with all of the injuries that AEW has going into it. Like I said, Adam Cole is injured. Scorpio Sky is injured. CM Punk is injured. Daniel Brian Danielson still hasn't technically been on. He hasn't competed since he got pulled from a meet and greet and wasn't allowed to fly for an undisclosed uh, injury. So despite the fact that, Adam, that Zack Sabre Jr. was calling out Brian Danielson in a backstage promo Dominion. I can't. I can't with in good faith say that Danielson is going to be able to compete at Forbidden Door. We will That's have a pretty to see. safe. Pretty safe bet calling out a guy who's injured. It's oh, it's a safe bet for Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> but for the people that actually want to see the match, it can be a bit of a clusterfuck. Um, but those are those are the issues that are heading into Forbidden Door. It feels confusing. It feels like it's going to be. Uh, it's not going to get easier as we head there. But as I said in Happy Hour, Tony Khan and Gato are already pregnant. The show has to go on whether they are ready for it to go on, whether they know exactly how this is going to shake down. No matter what the rocky road to Chicago leads us on, that show has to happen. It's already sold out without a card. So they have some they have some expectations to meet. Do you, you get- think they're going to release matches on by Saturday or by Rampage on Friday night? Or are we going to have to wait for the 21st to finish before new Japan releases. And like, literally if they wait for the 21st, like it's like four days. Yeah. No. And that, you, and like you, one dynamite and one rampage right before forbidden door. And here's the thing. If this were AEW, I would say they need to, 
promote it like three weeks. They should have started announcing matches like two weeks ago. They they need to be promoting, 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 promoting. But I have, I, as someone who has been covering New Japan for many years, there have been times where they don't announce a card until the day of, where they don't announce a card until a few days before. And so I don't doubt New Japan can hype up the show to their Japanese audience in four days or however long they have after the IWGP yeah. Junior Heavyweight and Junior Tag Championships are settled on the 20th and the 21st. They, they're great but, at slapping together those slick video packages. Yeah, but they're in... And, I'm, and it's, again, it's entirely possible that by this time next week, AEW will have announced all kinds of matches on Dynamite and Rampage and yada, yada, yada. But New Japan does have does have some business to take care of on the 18th, the 20th, and the 21st. So I don't know when we're going to start getting matches. I don't know when we're going to start hyping this up properly because there I do I do wonder if because it's already sold out everyone's like yeah screw it they're coming anyway let's let's just wait until we the last minute I don't uh, know if you covered this or not while I was well I stepped out for a second but tonight on uh, Dynamite or not tonight Wednesday night on AEW Dynamite Road Rager Dax Hardware is facing Will Ospreay in a match yes I did I, I haven't covered that yet but I did see that announcement um, so Osprey's going to be back. They, it sounds like, it sounds like United Empire is kind of the hype team for New Japan at the moment. Great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb showed up a couple weeks ago, attacked, uh, uh, who did they attack? They attacked Rapongi Vice. They attacked, uh, FTR. You know, good, good for them. But like, these are all guys that could have showed up at AEW at any time. You know, I just well, wish there was more, I just wish there was more NJPW uh, ah. local talent instead of all these guys that have made the indie circuits here already that we've seen on TV. To be fair to Will Osprey, he almost died from a kidney infection. So, so he's been busy. I mean, he's I'm, been I'm, little... I'm good for him. I just mean, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, there's, there's, there's the Gaijins, right? There's the, the right. And then yeah. there's the NJPW talent who are, who are, you know, local and they're Japanese. And I think it's more impressive if they show up I know that they've got Dominion. I know they got stuff going on over there. I understand that. But then this relationship should have been handled in a way that they could. Because seeing these dudes show up that you could see show up anywhere else around here, it's mm-hmm. not a forbidden door to me. I hate to harp on this, but it doesn't feel that special to me. No, and I think a lot of the hype has kind of died down because of how much confusion there is around. I mean, especially with all the injuries in AEW, I think they have had more stuff that they have to address ahead of time before they get to like talking about forbidden door because they they still have to deal with this hardy thing on wednesday night they still have to replace jeff hardy and matt hardy in that triangle ladder match i I would just cut it and pretend it never fucking happened and move on to something else in that storyline i i am completely with you there but until they actually do it's still something they have to address it's entirely possible that by this time next week they'll have addressed it but I, I i agree but i don't think they have to address it i think you take matt off for a few weeks or a month and then you just he comes back and you completely ignore the storyline but that's maybe that's just, that's i just i think that's probably best for for everyone involved we will wwe see. does except yep bad we'll example see. with jeff hardy because they actually ran storylines about his alcoholism so i don't know i don't know i get into that well but here's the here's the thing with wwe because i don't want to turn this into wwe versus aew but wwe no. was clearly concerned about jeff hardy before he left they offered him rehab they had been kind of transitioning him out of the traditional jeff hardy role into something that could help him take it a little easier he went to aew and went full on the throttle between the touring and yeah. the style and all of it, it I think Jeff Hardy needs to rest up. I think Matt Hardy needs to rest up. And I think they need to kind of 
ask themselves how they got in this situation in the first place, yeah. AEW as well. And um, clearly, clearly them going on that whole damage control thing where they're saying, you know, WWE is lying. It's not true. There was never any issue. You know, well, no, they, they confirmed the, they confirmed that he turned them down. They confirmed that he didn't think he needed the rehab like that. It's not, no, it, but they, they said were, he didn't have, but they just said he didn't have a problem. Yes. Right? No. And that was, that was Matt Hardy's big sticking point. He didn't feel that, that he Hardy needed rehab from right. Hardy's from Matt's report. WWE didn't think that Hardy needed rehab immediately, but they had offered. But, um, regard, but regardless, the only reason why I bring that up is, is, is just because I think Matt needs to be put on the watch, you know, he's be, needs to know that he can't he can't he keep constantly doing damage control right yep and 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 lying and all this other stuff or 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 just denying it publicly he has to shut up about it you know yes. in general because maybe he really doesn't know or maybe he does know and he needs to stop lying because it's only we don't we, we don't know i don't want to speculate on what matt no, hardy I don't want to, does or yeah, doesn't know matt hardy is on the record that he was out of the state of florida by the time the arrest happened he did not yeah. know what was going on he was go at ahead. universal and then did something else. i don't i don't Sorry, know what go he's ahead. doing go ahead go, go ahead, ahead karen Sorry. um well one thing that i would i've always been curious about and haven't been able to find anything until something like this happens is AEW transparent about their wellness policy do they have a wellness policy they don't, they don't have a wellness <laughs> policy yeah, okay. I think that's I think so, that's why there's a, quite a few people over there. And I think that when we went through this a few months back with Moxley, there should have been a stride to be more transparent. Yes, I know people's journeys yeah. are very private. People struggle in private. It's a medical situation, so that also is protected. But I think AEW now has a responsibility to release a concrete yep. outlined wellness policy. What, what the what they are looking for what they test for how like what yep. as much as I love that they're taking care of it and ownership of it very quickly there needs to be more transparency about what they're doing to prevent it from getting to this point yes no I, I am completely with you and I do think this is one of the like major growing pains that aew has had to kind of deal with because back in the infancy of aew I remember the wellness po the, the lack of a wellness policy was talked about very jokingly because of the fact that it was Kenny Omega and the Bucks and all of these guys who like, I think Dave Meltzer's exact words were the most the biggest addiction they have is like soda and video games. And so I think it was it was a company that may have been founded by teetotalers and now that they have to, you know, deal with people who may not share their views on consumption, may not share their views on substances, are learning that you can't necessarily leave everyone, you know, it can't be. I a, feel like that's really naive of them, be. though. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just I'm I'm just yeah. looking at it from also, hindsight. Don't, but don't the Jags have a wellness policy? Yeah, but they're they're a union, so they have to. But I just mean, like, couldn't you just copy and paste like half the corporates? If they did, they probably not if, it come, not if it comes from the NFL play, and if it comes, and if the wellness policy comes from the sure. NFL Players Association, because then you start bringing in union precedents into wrestling. Yeah, no, that's and I don't yeah. think. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, uh, hey, yeah. hey, hey! Tony Khan said he wants to stick at the Vince, and wouldn't that be a hell of a way of AWN union? <laughs> oh boy, uh, I, 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 know, I know Cody Rhodes was flying, flying that flag for a little bit and we saw where he ended up all right go ahead karen well th this this is to go back past um the yep. whole wellness conversation but Please. when john was asking about um you know new, not new japan proper but you know the, the stars that fans yep. are expecting to come through the forbidden door they have a taping in, in a at the vermont this weekend in hollywood on, on sunday so it could reason, stand to reason that if they're not scheduled for the shows this coming weekend or at Korakuen Hall at the beginning of the week, 
we could see maybe somebody else show up mm-hmm. tomorrow night or I mean Wednesday night and or Friday. It's very I would possible. Think? I, that's, or that's, is that me being overly optimistic? <laughs> I, I don't think you're being overly optimistic. I don't know what the travel schedule is, first of all. But yeah. I would, I, it, it, is, I, it is possible. We're uh, just getting it, too close to the actual due date. You no, know what I'm, I mean? I'm with you. I, I think any normal promoter would kind of be sweating blood at the moment if they were, you know, waiting this long to announce the entire card for something that has been this coveted for so long. I mean, people have been waiting for this show. And they're making them wait just a little bit longer. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. For uh, for for the actual matches, we talked about Will Osprey earlier. He showed up with the United Empire on AEW Dynamite. He is slated to take on ROH Tag Champion Dax Harwood on Wednesday. But over the weekend, he won the IWGP United States Championship, the vacant title. Defeated Sonata, the man who never lost the belt in the first place, had to had to vacate it because Will Osprey broke his face in the New Japan Cup. There was a long convoluted convoluted road that led to Hiroshi Tanahashi picking up the belt for a little bit. Then Juice Robinson had it. Then Juice Robinson got his appendix taken out and was stripped of the title. And now here we are, Will Osprey, United States Champion, King of America. What do you think, John, of of Will Osprey holding holding the big red strap? disgusts me yeah he's disgusting but but that being said uh the way i feel about uh the way things are going in this country maybe he is what we deserve not maybe he's what we just (laughs) you know uh i'm sorry i don't want to get political so whatever your political alignment is you can totally agree with that i just what i just said oh yeah no i I don't think that was a political statement as much as uh, just a a statement general statement on society i'm a a patriot and the first step to loving something is to recognize its flaws look i as still decide you love it as someone who is related to the Mad King George, I am all for the, I am all for Will Osprey returning America to its once colonial state. The UK has been losing a lot. They could they could take a win, especially after Sinn Fein took over uh, Northern Ireland. But enough about the Irish unification that's happening because of Brexit. Let's get back to the IWGP United yeah. States title yeah. because Will Osprey is going to be facing Dax Harwood. He's it's probably going to have that. Though. It's another cop out. I, I don't know. I I feel bad for Sonata frankly, because it kind of feels like kind of feels like Sonata finally got his first big singles title. He lost the belt due to injury. And now they seem to have just kind of moved on and gone. Well, he was probably supposed and to lose the belt to Will Osprey anyway. Because Will Osprey's curse got this- for belts because fucking Tama has his first ever uh, solo title defense for the never uh, open weight belt, and he just just lost it. And like in Thomas' so, defense, he was fighting a handicap match because yeah, Gallows exactly. was he, working just as if, hard in that match. As exactly, uh, if he, of course, if, but he knows that he walks in. He, he, he ran with those dudes. Yeah, but it, but, but there's a difference between knowing that and getting choke slammed on the apron. Well, and sure. Tama got choke slammed on the apron, whereas Os- whereas Sonata's got just as many friends as Carl Anderson. 
Yeah. And none of them came well, to Sonata's aid. Well, that's how LIJ rolls, though. It, no, it's pretty I, much, you know, unless the the uh, situation affects the group as a whole, you're on your own. Man. They're the and worst I, cartel I've ever seen. And I, and, <laughs> and I, and I get that LIJ kind of leaves every man on his own, but you know who doesn't? The United Empire. And Will Osprey is out there with Aaron Hanare. He was out there with former welterweight champion Jesse Vargas. So they have a, they have a, freaking boxer there who is now giving them tips on how to punch people mid-match if you were watching uh, by, by the way which is not legal right eh, it's it, any match it, with red shoes it's all legal as long as red shoes says it's okay but the the what what the important thing that i'm trying to bring up is even though the united empire didn't get physically involved in osprey's match with sonata they are there to hype him up they are there to keep his spirits high and to keep him believing that he can do this even in the moments where sonata might have him beat and i think that if sonata had someone in his corner that was that energetic and that supportive he might have believed in himself a little bit longer in the match but unfortunately uh not was... even not even daryl showed up no daryl didn't show up Hiromu Jeez. didn't show up and, and you would think that considering Hiromu was, you know, done by the opening match, like he could have been out there. He's got nothing to do with Dominion. They moved the junior yeah. title to June 21st. Like, and actually, and actually, since that went down, I was kind of expecting him to show up. because I'm thinking, oh, they're getting him out of the way so he can. But nope. Yeah. What do you what do you think, Karen, of our new king of America? Well, if Tetsuya Naito and Los Ingo Bernabes de Japón are in need of a manager or diva or hype woman for their corner, y'all know where to find me. Uh, they did Sonata dirty, meaning New Japan, not not Lij. Yep. Um, yeah, if Sonata does not win the G One this year, after all of this, if they do not let that poor man win the G One, yeah. I don't even know. Like I just, no. I don't. Mm. I completely. Osprey get was a choice, but mm. because he's been appearing on AEW as of last week, I think that's part of the forbidden door promotion is that now they have the u.s belt yep like we're like we have a champion that's bringing our belt to your promotion where are your champions yep. oh they're all on the shelf <laughs> sorry not sorry like no. i i hate to say that it's a power it feels like a power play but i think that's what what it's yeah that's the vibe i get <laughs> Well, tell me I'm wrong, John. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't. Wrong. I, I don't think John thinks you're wrong, and I don't think you're wrong either. Like I, I do kind. I wish you were wrong, but you're not. I wrong. wish I was wrong as well. Because here's here's the thing about this Forbidden Door show. Tony Khan has talked about how him and Gato have to be the two guys that launch the nuke, and they have to move the, they have to twist the keys at the exact same time, or else the nuke doesn't launch. And it feels like New Japan has been kind of sitting at their position, waiting, ready with the key. And it feels like AEW is all over the place. They're looking they for their key right now. They've lost the key to the Forbidden Door. Exactly. They, they've given like, up they, on the key. They're looking for a paperclip that fits. Yeah, because <laughs> don't get me wrong. I understand that Jay White is supposed to be the spoiler, and he's supposed to be the guy who gets in the way of everyone's plan. The catalyst of professional wrestling. Yeah, but it does kind of feel like Hangman Page went out there, called out Okada because he thought he was facing Okada at forbidden door and then new japan was like oh guys that's not gonna be the champion you don't understand <laughs> yeah about <You're>... that <laughs> um like i i don't get the vibe that the two companies are quite on the same page that they should be on like i don't want i don't it's entirely possible they still pull this off and i all of my griping has been for nothing that's happened in the past i am something i'm something of a warrior i'm something of a pearl clutcher i get that but 
it it does feel like it does feel like we need to start we need to start moving things along a little bit like, here i've been very adamant about having tempered expectations but now it's like at some point i'm just like am i setting the bar way too low for this pay-per-view because i think it's because we don't know i know they want to have storytelling they want to have build to the show yeah. but you don't you don't need a build for every single match, especially if you're going to start clogging the card with all these multi-person matches. Well, and especially since AEW seems seems to be, because you talked about how New Japan was making a power play with the IWGP US belt, putting it on Osprey, so that way they have a champion running around on AEW television. Whether you like them or not. <laughs> Whether you like them or not, absolutely. I also get the vibe that AEW has made something of a power play themselves because the main event is going to be for the interim AEW championship. It sounds like before CM Punk got hurt, the main event was going to be for the AEW championship. So it's already their title at the top spot. They're also crowning a new champion in this weird all-Atlantic title that for some reason has the Chinese and Japanese flags on them, despite the fact that they're in the Pacific Ocean. But because they're... And it, and that match is going to be a four-way match where only one of the representatives is going to be coming from new japan pro wrestling so it's going to be three aew guys versus one new japan guy i don't get the vibe that the new japan guy whether it's connor's ishii honma or who's the last put it on Connemaro. i dare them to let it let it be Connemaro. i don't i don't get the vibe that any of those guys are walking out with the all atlantic and also japan and china title and so it it does kind of feel like aew has crowded the field with these i don't want to call them superfluous titles yeah well i i don't want to call the interim aew championship superfluous yet but the all-atlantic championship i i it really just feels like them going oh crap scorpio sky is hurt bring out the all-atlantic title because we're not going to be able to do a tnt title defense but why can't they just vacate the tnt title if he's if, he, if someone's hurt the same reason shuffle they, the title for the for the sake of the division it's that's, the same reason it's the same reason they can't uh they can't vacate cm punks they don't have anyone that can take over the tnt title yet because what they do what aew does is they build someone up they have them go up against scorpio sky or whoever the tmt champion is and in doing so they make sure to level out the entire division so that no one has a chance at ever replacing an injured person and so they've got now, a perfectly good Wardlow sitting right but there. Ward, but he Wardlow's, was the number one in their power rankings. But Wardlow's, around. Wardlow's busy because Wardlow's already said he wants Punk. He doesn't want the TNT title. He doesn't even want the interim <sighs> title. He just wants to fight Punk because he's an idiot that doesn't understand that the interim title also gets you Punk. The interim title <laughs> is going to have to face the real world champion <laughs> at some point. Why didn't anyone explain that to him? <laughs> because Poor baby. Because everyone in AEW is running without putting is there it's it the left hand isn't talking to the right hand. It, and that's why but, everybody gets a daddy to follow them around. I'm and, gonna and I'm gonna hold their hand. I'm gonna put this as politically as possible. There are a lot of two AM decisions going on right now in AEW. It's leading to I mean, stuff nine, like I mean, nine nine forty five AM decisions. No, no, two AM. Jonathan. No, 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 no. Let's not. We're not. We're not. We're not, we're not going to go there. We're not going to go right, there. Right, like I, right. like I said, the Hardy situation is very serious. But there are a lot of decisions that let feel like someone texting someone at two AM, like, oh, well, man, we need we need a new title belt, all Atlantic, whatever. Uh, okay, what if we? It 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 doesn't feel like they're really thinking. I I, I feel like they're overthinking it. Like they're like this whole eliminator bracket thing. Mm -hmm. It feels like too much work. The Atlantic title. I know they love their Eliminator tournaments, but save it for your next pay-per-view in a few months. Don't. It doesn't well, need to. 
I don't know. Well, just... I, I also think I also think they they don't still don't understand how to do tournaments correctly because tournaments become show, things that like highlight regular dynamites instead of like in New Japan when it's New Japan Cup season the tournament takes over New Japan program. Correct. When it's the G1 Climax, the tournament takes over. It's not some kind of break in the middle of an episode where you're like, all right, you guys tired of everyone cutting promos? Here's an Owen Hart tournament match. You know what I mean? Like, they don't. Yeah. But they're they not, don't. But, and, and, and it's not so much the tournament. The big problem is this power ranking thing and also the wins and yep. losses matter thing. Just get rid of it. Well, and, you, and the, you, and you the division. have it for fun, but don't don't say it's required for title shots and other than all this stuff. Just just get just dump it. It's okay. Well, and, and the divisions are also a little bit messy because you've got a tag division and you've also got a trios division. And from what I can understand by programming, never should the two meet crossover. Because like I I I've I've gotten into these discussions in the past. We're like we have to figure out who to replace the Hardys with, right? We have to figure out who's going to take over for Matt and Jeff. Logical answer is FTR, not only because they have history with the Bucks, because they're the only tag team that hasn't been beaten by the, you know, anyone that's in the match. But the, you've got trios like House of Black could be a tag team for a night. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. they have been kicking enough ass on TV that I don't give a crap that their, their, their record is a trios record. I just see them as having a winning record. Because Same Alistair thing. Black, or, or sorry, Malachi Black and Brody King were tagging together well before buddy matthews strolled through the door yep but like but just they need to make it make sense and they're not uh same with blackpool combat club these are guys that are i think more popular than the tag champions at the moment why aren't people chasing blackpool combat club why aren't people chasing moxley and danielson what about santana and ortiz are they both healthy or is one of them hurt uh, well, Ortiz is busy because he's going to get his head shaved by Jericho. Remember, they're supposed to have a, uh, a hair versus hair. Jericho oh, yeah, and Ortiz yeah. are going to have a hair versus hair match, despite the fact that last Does that mean he can't wrestle for the next two weeks? I well, mean, it just, it just his means, hair doesn't do the wrestling. It's it's the same reason. It's the same. It's the same reason. Apparently, Wardlow can't challenge for the TNT title. He's busy. You know what I mean? They. He's uh, what is that? Uh, Samson and Delilah, right? If you cut his yeah. hair off, oh he yeah, be able to wrestle. It, He's gonna lose all his powers. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but I, either. But, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. And that's the other thing I can. It's it's like um, they put too many stipulations on things too. Like not every match needs a stipulation, man. Just fight. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know, just yeah. fight. And it's one of the things that a lot of people complain about WWE. They said there's problems with this, problems with that. They're doing too much of this, too much of that, and that's fine. But the more you complain about it, it seems it puts the ideas in your head because now you're doing it too, and yeah. it's like ugh, it's not great. I think also part of the problem is AEW isn't, they don't know, they haven't had to build a pay-per-view after a pay, a three weeks after a pay-per-view. All of their They've always had months They're always three months apart to figure out what the hell, like once they're done in May, they don't have to figure out what they're doing until September. You know what I mean? Like that is a long time to figure out how to make a pay-per-view. And now here they are, they're done in May, they're done in May. And now they have to have a pay-per-view ready by the end of June and we're seeing just how hard it is to get things uh, get things going. I'm apparently the chat is agreeing with me. Yeah, there you go. Jake Alls in the chat also just brought that up. Um, but um, that that's another. And but whereas New Japan, they they have like I said, they have experience being like, all right, we just finished up Best of Super Juniors. Here's what's happening at Dominion. Get ready. You know, like they they are they're already ready for it. Sorry, go ahead, Karen. I know I cut. Well, you. I think part of the problem is, is that it's also you're trying to have two companies who do things two different ways trying to make a congruous story yep. when you don't like i said this before you don't necessarily need to have a story 
like the the whole New Japan versus no take New Japan versus Noah back in January. Yeah. All it all it took was Kenta showing up at at you know their New Year's Day doohickey before getting injured, and then Noah storming the New Japan ring during Wrestle Kingdom. Bada bing, bada boom. You have an event. Like I just mm-hmm. feel like they're just trying to do too much. Like I think back to like the summer of 2019 when AEW first got started and they had Fighter Fest yeah. and then they'd fight for the fall and like literally less than a month later. Mm-hmm. There wasn't this there, not every match between those two shows had stories. It was literally yeah. this person and this person are gonna fight, these people and these people are gonna fight. And they I mean there were stories like you no, know, there was like I think that was the one where it was like Cody versus Dustin. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it didn't have stories. It was just matches. Well, and and put together the matches. <laughs> and and Dexter is kind of parroting you in the chat here. They've got a he's got a similar idea of the fact that this shouldn't be about stories. It should be about dream matches. And when you tell a story building to a dream match, you ultimately show your hand. You, like at the end of the day, I get the vibe that Jay White is not going to lose the the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship to uh, Hangman Page if he faces him for it. Simply be simply because of their, you know, if you've been watching wrestling for long enough, you kind of see the way that Hangman Page is talking about the title, and you see the way that Jay White is talking about the title, and one guy clearly has a bit more of an idea of what his future holds. Does that make any? Because like, if oh, yeah. if, Hang, if Hangman yeah. Page is like, I want to go after the IWGP World Title, whoever that is, he's thinking about Okada, he's thinking about Jay White, he's thinking about all the idea of the the title as opposed to actually holding it whereas jay white is holding it he's the one saying like look i am not gonna let you take this thing even if and now even if he does face him i don't think he's gonna i I think he's gonna sneak out of there with a win because he's not gonna let him take this thing and now the bullet club has like 85 people he'll be fine (laughs) yep exactly and it just it it'll be 86 because i think we're gonna have another member at forbidden door because like i remember you join a bullet club john yeah, hell no. Yeah, <laughs> I like this podcast too much. Yeah. Uh but no, but like I remember the like the Noah show when they announced the matches, it was just here are a bunch of tag matches. Kaido Kiyomiya really wants to wrestle the main event guys of New Japan Pro Wrestling. That's all you needed. And it also it also kept the imagination of the viewers free because all you know is that these four guys are going in there. I have a feeling if they had actually told a story to that match i have a feeling you would have already started to realize oh man mudo doesn't seem to want to be there oh man kiyomi is kind of being taken a back seat to everyone yada and then the match would have happened and as we all know muto didn't want to work with anyone kaido kiyomi had to get take the ass kicking and i i just i think that the surprise of that happening wasn't ruined by the fact that they're there were they were trying to do all these stories they were trying to establish because you a lot of the problem is you also have to establish the new japan talent as opposed to just bringing them in like you have to you have to let people know who the united empire are then you need osprey to beat dax harwood and by the time we get to forbidden door they've already seen osprey versus an aew wrestler they've already seen uh, they've already seen aew versus new japan because they're doing aew versus new japan matches in the build-up to AEW versus in, new japan in the build-up and so that way when you come to the pay-per-view everyone's like cool i've seen this already i know what's gonna happen like it i really think that they are they are squandering a lot of uh they're squandering a lot of momentum by i feel like they're to- also trying to fill tv time because of all the injuries yep 
Well, and, and I also wouldn't be surprised if, if it's part filling time and it's part figuring out what the hell are we going to do now that all of these top wrestlers are injured. Because don't get me wrong, I think people are going to be very happy that Okada's there if Okada's there. I think people are going to be happy to see John Moxley versus Tanahashi. I think they're going to be happy to see some of the matches. But I think they're also going to be going, oh man, what if, uh, what, what if Brian Danielson wasn't injured? What if Adam Cole wasn't injured? What if CM Punk was there? What if Scorpio Sky was there? And it, it starts to weigh on the event and it starts to make the event a little, a little less than it starts to crowd. It starts to crowd out people's imaginations. It, 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 and it you don't want it's reality. Also fr- oh, sorry. It's also frustrating for fans who want to see like Thunder Rosa and Britt yeah. Baker on the card when they, they don't understand that new Japan doesn't have a women's division. Well, and it, and, and it, it also lets Tony Khan off the hook because in the few months between double, in the few weeks between double or nothing and forbidden door, he doesn't have to promote the women because the women aren't going to be on the show. And you're already yeah. seeing Thunder Rose is not happy with the way she's being presented. You're seeing Marina Shafir getting put into situations She doesn't want to be in like, there's something wrong in the women's division on the road to forbidden door. And they don't have to address it because they're not going to be on the pay-per-view. Yeah. But it, it's, it's frustrating because people are just like, well, why don't you just send the stardom girls over? But without the acknowledgement that Stardom has a pay per view scheduled the same exact day, like like they, they, the Stardom's roster, they're not New Japan's women division, women's division, and they're also you know doing their own thing. Like they're gonna have some great matches on their own show. Yep. No. And and to be fair, not only even if Stardom didn't have a pay per view that weekend, when Stardom got announced as a New Japan partner in what 2019, 2020? Yeah, when Bushiro bought them, it was late 2019. And then it took. They, they were able to get some pre-show matches on Wrestle Kingdom, but yeah. in the beginning, they weren't allowed to broadcast those pre-show matches. Yeah. And they were eventually were allowed to broadcast them, but they could only be on the pre-show. And then finally, two, three years later, however long Nearly it is, three years later. They finally get a match on Wrestle Kingdom. We are finally getting a cross-promoted show between New Japan and Stardom on November 20th. And so if people thought that it was going to be simple to get Stardom into the New Japan AEW situation, even without that pay-per-view, I think it. I think they would have found all of the red tape and loopholes that Stardom's sibling promotion was going through. Yeah. So I just, I don't think that was ever a realistic possibility. And the, and the other problem is that Stardom, and this is what's always played into that whole situation, is that Stardom's television contract is with an opposing television broadcast company from what new japan has mm-hmm. so they they're, they're owned by the same parent company but their broadcast contracts are with rival companies yep and so, so that, that that in itself makes it tricky as well yep because at, at, at while the event is going to be broadcast on it sounds like pay-per-view i think maybe fight tv in america don't quote me on that i don't know bleacher report for 50 bleacher, it's, it's gonna be a bleacher report in america fight tv in i believe europe and then in japan it's gonna be available on new japan world as a pay-per-view Correct. None of which are companies that have any right to to show stardom yet. And so I just, there is no, like, like I said, New Japan World even has to go through miles of red tape to get it. So I, I just don't see the stardom folks being on the show, which means I don't see the AEW women being on the show. Yeah. And uh, people need to understand that that's also a, a cultural difference between yeah. the J- Japanese wrestling scene and the Western wrestling scene. Yeah, and we can't, we can't, we as Western fans can't demand that the Japanese change their wrestling culture. I'm, I'm gonna put, yeah, I'm gonna put this in, in, in terms that Western fans can understand. It would be like being a European fan of American rules football and being like, they are finally gonna bring the NFL 
to uh, to Europe. They in fact they do some games in London from time to time, and so it's it's something that happens. But it would be like being like, yeah, the NFL's coming over here, so I just know they're going to bring one of those USFL teams over here. I know uh-huh. they're going to bring an XFL team. Over here. It's a different company. They right. literally they they're going to have a have, Super Bowl. Yeah, they don't have. Right. They, they they're not allowed to. And don't get me wrong, it would be cool if they could, but I'm not. I it would be irresponsible to me as a journalist for me to sit here and say. Yeah, stardom might be there. Yeah, the women might be there. If they make it work, great. I hope I hope they can, but I am not optimistic and I I it, I am usually I am usually the person that's sunshine and rainbows. Well, and stardom's also dealing with massive injuries as well. There's Tekla's been pulled for the month, Azumi's been pulled, not supposed not supposed to be in a cage match in 2 weeks and so is so is Azumi. Yep. Like they stardom's supposed to have their first two cage matches on the 26th. And two yes, yes. competitors out of those two top uh, main, like t- two top parts of the card, mm-hmm. are both on the bench right now. Yep, it's uh, it's no, it's it's a rough. It's not just New Japan that's got the injuries. It's not just AEW that's got the injuries. WWE's got injuries. Hello, Cody Rhodes. You know, Stardom's got injuries. Uh, there are a lot of it's a it, it's a literal plague of injuries right now coming on down on the wrestling world, which is another reason why like it's hard for me to fantasy book Forbidden Door because there's that old saying make a plan and God laughs. And I have a feeling that if I start being like, yeah, you know what I want? I want to see Wheeler Utah versus this guy. It's entirely possible that Wheeler Utah breaks his leg between now and then just because of how cursed everything feels. I'm going to knock wood because like I said, I don't want to manifest that for anyone Wheeler Utah or whoever. But at the end of the day, it's getting bad, and it's it, if you if you listen to Booker T's podcast, he says that the way things are going, it's only going to get worse before it gets better because they have some stuff that they have to address. They have some some things they 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 need to work on. That's the Forbidden Door situation as tied into Dominion. The things we didn't talk about on the Dominion card: uh, Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale lost the IWGP Tag Titles in their first defense against the United Empire. I can't believe I'm saying this, but crowns up, go United Empire! I'm glad they were able to do it. Um, let's see what else. The House House of Torture retained the Never Open Weight Six Man Titles, and Shingo Takagi is still the KOPW 2022 Provisional Trophy holder. Uh, the other big piece of news coming out of Japan, Satoshi Kojima, the leader of Bread Club, is now the GHC champion. He beat Goshiyazaki at Cyber Fight Festival uh, this past, uh, it was also Sunday, it was going on at the same time, as Dominion. So shout out to the Bread Club leader. He is now a, tri- he held the Triple Crown Championship. He held the uh, IWGP Championship, I believe at the same time as the Triple Crown Championship. And now he's the GHC champion. He's He's held them all. He's up in the ranks. He's a grand, he's an actual proper Grand Slam champion. Yep, he's up wow. there with Moot. He's up there with Muda. Hey, I always get with, my Grand Slam with some toasted bread. Yep, so. he's, up there, he, he's up. He's up there with Takayama. He's up there with a lot of guys. He's in rarefied air right now. So there's literally like three or four other people, and that's yep. it. Yep. So shout out to Satoshi Kojima. We're real happy for them. We're real happy for him. And let's see. I think I think we have covered the Avalanche. Oh, oh, go ahead, Karen. What was one more thing? We didn't talk about who was in the G1. Oh, you're right. You're right, Karen. All right, folks. We have just speed round. Let's speed run the G1. We have just hit an hour, so let's do a speed run about the G1. Obviously, it sounds like by next week we'll have an idea of of what the blocks are. But here's the lineup. It's going to be 28 wrestlers. It sounds like there are going to be four blocks of seven wrestlers a piece. I am going to pull up the list as uh, as as I am speaking to you. But there are a lot of big names in this year's G1. There are a lot of names that actually make me real excited for what this. Uh, what this tournament 
could hold because while there are some folks from new japan classic there are also some folks from aew there's a there's lance arch from aew there's some folks from new japan strong but here we go the list of folks that are entering the g1 climax we have kazuchika okada hiroshi tanahashi tetsuya naito hiroki goto tama tonga let's go tama shingo takagi chase owens bad luck fale yujiro takahashi evil strong former strong openweight champion tom lawler let's go absolutely a big debut a big debut there juice robinson is back jonah is making his debut from tmdk and new japan strong yoshihashi's back in it toro yano's back in it ishii's back in it Cobb is back in it great okan is in it for the second time in a row will osprey is back in the g1 aaron hanare is finally making his debut it sounds like he was supposed to debut last year but injury kept him on the shelf and so finally finally aaron six hanare, years six years seven six years. for david finley Yep, we, I was just about to get to that. But yeah, six <laughs> years, Aaron Harare has been begging to be in the G1. This year, he finally gets to do it. And like she said, David Finley finally gets this. I believe he was C-block winner at one point, back when the folks that weren't in the New Japan, in the G1 Climax were competing for their own little thumbs-up trophy. C-block winner David Finley is going to be in it, as well as Jay White is finally back in the uh, G1 after taking a couple of years off. Sonata's in it. Kenta's in it. Tai Chi, Zack Sabre Jr., AEW's Lance Archer is back in a New Japan ring for the G1 Climax. And finally, also making his debut, El Fantasmo. El Fantasmo officially graduating to heavyweight, or at the very least being in some kind of openweight junior heavyweight in the uh, G1 Climax. There you have it. That's all 28 participants. I have a feeling either on the 18th, the 20th, or the 21st, we're going to get the block lineups, though that it just makes sense. Um, but I, we, we've been through the list. I'm going to throw to you, Karen, first, just based on that list. And without knowing the block lineups, without knowing anything, who do you think's winning this year? I, I like I said earlier, if they're not going to go with Sonata, I don't know what they're doing, yeah. but Tom Lawler, I, I, I am very happy that they put some guys from new Japan strong in the G1. Am I sad that T-Hawk's not in it? Yes. But I when they when they started dropping Jonah and and Tom Lawler, I was like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine with it. I say this with all due respect to T Hawk. I will take David Finley debut over T Hawk. Like there are just Correct. Some, there are there Him are and some, have yep. paid. They've done their time, and I know I I did see some you know some tweets by of others expressing their you know unfortunate sadness that they were not included in the G one. Yep. But there were people that were in line well before. Well, and let's uh, let's let's address that because you're talking about Carl Friedrichs. Carl Friedrichs did start tweeting real angrily when the G1 climax uh, participants oh, were were oh, announced. Baby. Well, no, it sounds like it sounds like back in 2019 when he won the uh, the Young Lion Cup, he was supposed to do real well in the New Japan Cup that he was booked for before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. He was then relegated to North America because of travel restrictions. According to his words, he should be in his third G1 by now, whether that's a promise made to him by the company or whether that's just him being like, I, there were three years you could have put me in this since I've graduated from the uh, from the dojo. I should have been in it. Who knows what that meant? But it does seem that Carl Friedrichs, he is a little, a little jerked around by, by having to stick around in North America and team with Christopher Daniels for the strong openweight tag titles, which he's going to be doing at the, uh, the upcoming New Japan Strong tapings but uh yeah no there were a lot of people there were 
wrestlers. There were fans that were kind of disappointed, but I, I don't know. I like this lineup. Like, Sorry. like I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be there because like yes. him, of Coglin, of course, of course. Yeah. But it's one of those things where they, they're getting a very special platform with New Japan Strong right now. Yes. And I know that they're eager and I know they're hungry and I know they want to be in the G1. But at the same time, I, I wish somebody would have, would have like just passed it on to them. It's like, it's not a slight against anyone. It's just, there's like, there's so many people. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they've gone to, I, apparently they've done this format before, like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm more familiar with it from following Noah last year. And I watched their N1 victory tournament that Katsuhiko Nakajima won. Yep. Um, so it, it's, it's an inter, it's an interesting twist. I think it might be more beneficial to the participants because it doesn't seem like they'll be participating in every in quick succession like they usually do. Like there might be more rest time mm-hmm. to avoid the injuries that usually have. Like by the time, it's just like with the super juniors, by the end of the G one, everyone's like whole, being held together with like tape and hope and like yep. making sure that they can, they can just get to the end of it. Yeah. But it's one of those things where it's just like, like I don't want. I understand the frustration of wanting to be included. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, please also be happy for the people who around you who are, who have been fighting for years, like years before you were even in the company to and, get those spots. And to be fair, it is possible that a lot of North American talent don't still don't understand the platform that strong is yet. Cause I don't think strong has caught on in North America the way it has in Japan. In Japan, if you're on strong, people are watching you. They are like they're writing about you in Tokyo Sports. Like you are, you are a featured star on New Japan World if you are showing up on strong. It's just not translate because the North American scene is so crowded. It's not translating the same way in North America. And so I could see a lot of new, not just Carl Friedrichs, but a lot of New Japan strong talent not seeing the forest through the trees. Uh, but in I also to think it. the other hard part is that when they do the the New Japan strong like pay per views. I've had, like, I was at Windy City Riot and I had to watch them fight the factory. And I'm like, why aren't these guys higher up on the card? They, they're the ones who have been, that made New Japan strong what it is. So it's, it's, it's that whole problem of like bringing in so many people from other places or trying to cross promote things. Like, yep. I'm not trying to say any disrespect to like, you know, John Moxley or anything, but you know, he also for a while was part of, of New Japan. So it's one of those things like, I don't sure. know how to explain it where well, it doesn't and, sound like well, here's, be here's, more of a team player. Let, <laughs> let, let me let me let me get to use the political answer with the factory feud. Here's the problem. The factory is presented as students of QT Marshall, right? Like even yeah. though even though they have been training for a very long time and a lot of them have been wrestling for a very long time, they're still yeah. presented as students. Yeah. Whereas Friedrichs, Coughlin, all of the LA Dojo boys are graduates. They have graduated the dojo. They're not students anymore. And yeah. so they're, I, I can understand them being like, why are we being put on the same level as the factory? We graduated, you know, I'm, I, it's, it's like, yeah. it's but like that's graduating a, that's a booking college. thing that they should take that, that needs yep. to be discussed internally with new Japan. I exactly. just, sometimes I just feel like maybe the Twitter timeline isn't the right no. platform to have that discussion. Here's the thing, and and part of this problem is New Japan Strong is divide is a divided program because I have a feeling that the higher ups in Japan absolutely don't see the Twitter timeline as a place to uh, air your grievances. Let's say, but I wouldn't be surprised if in North America there is that idea of well the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and maybe this is how Friedrichs is able to get 
you know, the attention of those those North American higher ups in New Japan strong. I don't know. I, I, I think the situation's messy and I want everyone to sort it out away from the public eye. But because they haven't, we got to talk about it. Um, yeah. So it, yeah, I, I, I hope it all gets, I hope it all gets settled. I understand Friedrichs and other New Japan strong talents frustrations, but I also just like this lineup. So I, 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 I'm with you of just kind of wait it out. All right, John, now that you've heard the entire lineup of G1 Climax 31, <laughs> 32 participants, who are you thinking? Well, who you well we don't have the, it? we don't have the, the block lineups yet. No. And that's, that's why I'm saying just throw yeah, a name out. But there. let me, I'm going to give you, I'm just going to say filthy Tom. Filthy Tom. I yeah, like Tom it. Lawler. Like I think I think that I think that they're prime for somebody from NJPW Strong taking it just mm-hmm. to 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 justify their existence. And I think it would be huge for them. Absolutely here's, huge. I'm I'm kind of with you of, of Filthy Tom making it to the finals, because here's where I'm coming from. I think Filthy Tom should feel like Carl Anderson in 2012 of this foreign threat who seemingly don't he didn't come out of nowhere but he he's making this big splash i want him to make it all the way to the finals where he loses to sonata maybe he loses to yeah really sonata or sonata or like jay white are the only two that i'm looking at here that are like those are the guys that need this g1 win yes jay white well jay jay's the champion he doesn't need the g1 win anymore i i still maintain that the way he got the g1 briefcase last or a couple years ago is enough to kind of say we need to prove that this guy can actually win the g1 climax then they should have kept the title off of him hey look or wait till next year I'm not, I'm not, again, I, that's why I also cited Sonata as a possible winner. Cause after last year, I think he needs it. And I think, I think Tom Lawler would be a good opponent for Sonata, but we don't have the, the stuff. I don't think Zach needs it yet. Zach's already the new Japan cup winner. I, I Tw- yeah, twice over here. Here's how I'll put it. If Zach wins the G1, he has to win the world title or else he, he becomes the Hiroki Goto of the white guys in new Japan. Like he, Oh he, gosh, he, he needs to get that big win or else he's never going to be at the level that some other folks are. Um, so I, I, if Zach, if Zach wins it, he's got to go all the way. And I just don't see that. I don't see that happening heading into this Wrestle Kingdom. Go ahead, Karen. There's a question in the chat. Has a reigning champion ever won the G1? I believe so. I want to say yeah. Chono did in the early 2000s. So like um, nearly 20-something years ago? Yeah, but no. here's the important exactly thing. Exactly. It's 20 years ago. No, that would be awesome. Here's the important thing. The the reigning champion has never won the G1 since 2012 when they started tying winning the G1 in with heading Wrestle to the Kingdom? main event of Wrestle Kingdom. Yes. Okay. When when Chono won it, it was just winning the G1 climax. It wasn't oh he's going to he's going to head to January 4th. Okay. So so since it has since it became the the Royal Rumble of New Japan, it has not Got been it. won by a reigning champion. Jay White being the first reigning champion to win the G1 climax is it sounds like a very Jay White accomplishment to put it bluntly if that makes any sense. Can they um, have Naito to beat the briefcase off of him? <laughs> Hey, anything's possible. Jay White's already <laughs> taken the briefcase from someone and headed to Wrestle Kingdom. So, like, precedents have been set. You can take the belt. You can take the briefcase off of Jay White if, say, Jay White wins and is like, I'm not going to defend the world title at Wrestle Kingdom. If you wanted me to defend the world title at Wrestle Kingdom, I shouldn't have been in the tournament because I get to pick. Um, you know, like, I can see there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things Jay White can do with that G1 briefcase. 
and title at the same time. Well, he also has to put his money where his mouth is because he was giving Osprey shit last year about refusing to participate in the G1 yet defend his faux championship against Young Lions all season. So you know what? Yep. No, there's a, there's a lot of... And Osprey is another person who, if he doesn't do well in this G1, he's, he's got to. You know what I mean? Like, there are just there are a lot of guys who I think have to, and I think we'll have a better idea once we get the block winners, but uh, once we get the block uh, lineups, but we'll see. Osprey's another one I could see being possibly a finalist, but yep. because he's a champion right now, see, whenever they put champion belts on people, I don't see them as plausible individuals yep. for the most part to go to the final. Um, well, and that's why, and, but here's the thing is now we've also, it's not just the final, we've got the semifinals to deal with because four blocks means that the semifinalists are going to face on August 17th, the night before yeah. the finals. And so it's not like previous years where we're like, all right, these are the two guys I think that are going to win it. We have four, we have four slots to fill and that creates, however, I'm not the math guy, but that ups the chances and the probabilities and all the odds. And we're just, we're splitting the multiverse into various fragments with with so all if, if we're gonna go with four blocks right mm-hmm. naito sonata lawler osprey okay all right all right because if- i think that it would be an opportunity for naito to give sonata a rub that he needs mm-hmm. and the first sonata to go to the finals and beat lawler who yeah here's yanks the rug out from under osprey yep here's so there's something who- else to cry about absolutely here's who i am gonna say I'm going to say Sonata, Tom Lawler, Shingo Takagi, and Juice Robinson. I think Juice Robinson is going to need something after this appendicitis cost him the U.S. title. Uh, I think he would be an interesting. I think he'd be an interesting semifinalist. I don't want to call him a finalist just yet. But I think he could be an interesting semifinalist. I'm just I'm looking for a dark horse in there, and and Juice's name really uh, really pops out at me. I think that would be good if they put Juice and Osprey in the same block. Yes, because then you could serve Osprey a loss to Juice, so Juice can get his rematch that he you know he never technically lost it. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. He loves exactly. that shit. He loves that exactly. Shit. Exactly. And that's that's another case of like I I just it it's also possible they don't do anything with Juice Robinson, but considering how big they brought him back, putting him in Bullet Club at a time when Bullet Club is as dominant as they are, he was the US champion. He was clearly someone that they felt they could count on. Let's see how he does in the G1. The other name and Lenny Osborne in the chat's bring up a very good name that should not be overlooked because of the fact that he went almost undefeated last year, Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb is a guy who I really think I really think New Japan could have pulled the trigger on him like six different times now and no. it would have made sense. And I think especially in the wake of Will Osprey's kidney infection, Cobb is the leader of the United Empire to me. Like it just he is he is the he is the guy that uh, is the most dominant right now. Go ahead, Karen. Well, that's my thing is that you know you know how I love me some Jeff Cobb. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's just like. I would love Jeff on the cob. I mean, I love our ambassador of Aloha. So it's one of those things where I would love to see him in the finals again or see him in the semifinals again. But now that Osprey's back, I just can't shake the feeling that they're, they're, they're going to push Jeff. They're going to put on the back burner again. They're going to do to Jeff what they've done to Sonata for years. It's just like, you get him close enough. 
here's uh, the even- that's good enough. Like he he went Does, he had that undefeated streak you, last year. That you might be it for him. You bring up a very interesting point. Does that mean that Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn are the Sonata and Evil of the current? Yes. Generation. Yeah, like, yes. Because O'Conn is also in that evil role of like, I could see him being never champion. I could see him competing for the U.S. title, but they're kind of stuck in the tag division right now because United Empire needs a tag team and Will Ospreay's Will Ospreay. So, and I feel like they're treading water until Aussie Open can come over because exactly. Aussie Open are a long established tag team. Yep. And so, and lovely I, guys, by the way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Shout out to, I'm really glad Aussie Open got that showcase on uh, AEW Rampage. I like that they're backing up Osprey on, on American TV. They are guys who have been overdue, not just for American TV, but for New Japan as well. So I want to see them over there. But yeah, Sonata, the Sonata and Evil comparison for Okan and Cobb, once you compared Cobb to Sonata, it just all fell into place for me. Uh yeah, it's it's gonna it's be. Scary, uh, isn't it? I love them, little... but it bums me out. <laughs> Same, Espe- especially considering Evil and Sonata never saved a little girl the way Okan did. I mean, this guy no. is—you got a bona fide hero in your tag division I right mean, now. You better I mean, make Jeff's it worth it. Jeff's been a never open weight champion, yep. so Okan could easily be an open weight, like a never open weight champion. Well, but also Cobb, Hiromu could have been one if they would let him. Here's the thing: Cobb was an open weight champion before he was in United Empire. He was an yeah. open weight champion when he was one of the Ring of Honor guys that they could trust to come yep. over there and not make a jackass out of himself. And he beat Osprey to do it. Exactly. Now that he's in the United Empire, though, it's been tag titles. It's been getting this close in the the, the tournaments. He's. He, I think you're right. He's been backburnered just a little bit. Uh, I am interested to see who Cobb and Ocon face at Forbidden Door, whether it's FTR, whether it's Rapongi Vice, there are a lot of interesting opportunities there. Um, any, any fi- John, any final thoughts as we start to, to wrap up what was supposed to be a lightning G1 conversation yeah. and just turned into a regular old G1 conversation as we <laughs> tend to do here on Thomas Island? I'm going to save a lot of my thinking until I see the blocks. That's fair. No, that's a very fair point. Like I said, New Japan is back. Because you're talking about like, oh, the final might be this guy and this guy. And it's like, well, watch them all be in the same block. That's my right. that's what I was just thinking. <laughs> I, I will say I will. And in fact, do they listen to this podcast and try to figure out who you want in the finals? And then that's how to make the block. Yeah, exactly. Like they jerks. They, it wouldn't be the first time it felt give like, us the playbook and give us a paycheck, you jerks. No, it wouldn't be the first time where it felt like New Japan was specifically fucking with Thomas Island. Uh it, <laughs> it's happened. It's happened. I mean they I mean they took the never openweight championship off Thomas for a reason, right? Well, no, and and that's why I keep joking that I'm the mystic over here, is because it's like, I don't know, I say I say show would make a good in- addition to Bullet Club and suddenly they turn him into the murder machine show. I'm the I'm the monkey's paw of Thomas Island as far as i'm concerned i wish for something and they give me the weirdest possible permutation of it um anyway that's the g1 that's dominion that's forbidden door that's all the news that's fit to print this week we'll be back next week with i'm sure another marathon episode if you didn't get enough to chat this week and you want to chop it up more with us we will be having a happy hour this weekend head on over to patreon.com backslash thomas island join that islander tier We'll be chatting it up. We'll be we'll be you know chewing on all there is to chew on. It will also be Sunday by that point, so there will surely be a lot more to talk about. In fact, there will have been one New Japan show. I believe the 18th will have happened by then, so there will be lots to talk about in Happy Hour. Like I said, Patreon.com/backslash Thomas Island. You can join the Islander tier, get in Happy Hour. Join any of the other tiers, get the podcast early, as well as a lot of Thomas updates from Japan and some of the other fun content that we're putting 
over there at again like i said patreon.com backslash thomas island karen before we head on out where can people find you online if you want them to find you if you would like to follow along on my journey with wrestling you can follow me on twitch twitter instagram and youtube at hey karen sensei i also do women's and stardom coverage for post wrestling at postwrestling.com and i got some other yeah couple of other irons in the fire as it were coming soon oh boy all right yeah stay tuned for for more announcements from karen it sounds like john where can people find you if you want them to find you all right well you can find me standing next to the forbidden door gatekeeping it going <laughs> you're not forbidden you're not forbidden. <laughs> you're, not forbidden. You're, you're gonna be you know that video of the, the guy like just lightly patting people <laughs> yeah. down outside a concert yeah, that's exactly. gonna be john outside forbidden door being like all right he doesn't have any brass nuts joe doesn't have anything in his kick pad elp doesn't have anything in his boot everyone's fine he's the worst good, uh, saint peter at the gates ever yeah or uh, or, or the best saint peter depending or on the which best stuff, or <laughs> Or if you're listening to this and you aren't yet bored of my voice, I do actually have a plug of a project. Uh, Hell yeah. Let's go. I do I do a little bit of a little, little bit of voice acting here and there. And I'm proud to say I was just in and it, and it just released the first episode last week. So it should be another one this week coming. I'm not in it yet. It's uh, probably a couple more episodes in, but it is 1972. It is an audio drama. It's a seven part historical uh series detailing the powerful story of Shirley Chisholm and Angela Davis, two highly respected black women who oh, hell yeah. uh, dared to hold a mirror to systemic racism and sexism uh, within hell the United yeah. States. And uh, I play the bad guy, uh, attorney, the attorney <laughs> general who tried to put her in prison forever or have her executed. So uh, you know, here I was thinking you were going to play Shirley Chisholm. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, they turned me down um, and they were like, oh, you know who you'd be perfect for? Uh, the guy who tried to have uh, Angela Davis killed. You, you've so, just got you've just got D.A. energy. Yeah, I got big D.A. energy is what they said. I don't know what they meant. But uh, check it out. It's really fun. Uh, well, it's not fun, I guess. It's historical. Uh, but you're going to like it, I think. It's a lot of it's, it's going to be. And if you don't know the story and you are interested, obviously, in a lot of the uh, women's rights and civil rights movements mm-hmm. and things like that. And uh, and if you're kind of interested in law or anything like that, it's also a really interesting oh, yeah. case. So no, yeah, Shirley Ch- Shirley Chisholm, Angela Davis, two badass women with some ser- like uh, some very interesting history. I'm sure I'm sure the 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 audio drama will touch on some of it, but there is there is so much there. Well, it starts with the murder of a judge. <laughs> right? Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. Right, because that's actually like they had her. As, yep. Uh, yep. Yep. No, this, it don't don't give too there. much away. People got to no, learn on no, their own from, right, the, right, from the sorry. from the show 1972. And also just Thanks, just go go look up Shirley Chisholm, and Angela Davis. Like I said, two fascinating cats. Um, we are going to call it a week here on Thomas Island. If you need to find me, I'm at Ross W. Berman IV on Twitter, Ross Berman IV on Instagram, Ross Berman.bandcamp for all your folk and blues needs. I'm on Letterboxd. If you want to yell at me about my film opinions, go see RRR. Uh, let's see. Uh, Thomas Island, you can find at Thomas Island on Twitter and Instagram. Like I said, patreon.com backslash Thomas Island for if you want to subscribe. If you want to go bug uh, our namesake, Tama Tonga, head on over to at Tama underscore Tonga on Twitter or <laughs> the good bad guy, Tama Tonga on Instagram. Send him some well wishes. Like we said, yeah. he lost his title in the first defense. He needs some, he needs, he needs people to remind him that he's still got folks on his side, that he's still got some support, even in, even in the losing times. We're Send still, him some I mean, he could come on the podcast and talk about it. Look, we're working on his travel schedule. I am sure he's gonna I'm sure he's gonna be back soon, but until we can get him back, send him some he's support. Coming to us send live. him some 
from his airplane Wi-Fi. Send him some well. Yeah, I was gonna say it's entirely possible he's gonna try and tune in if I start talking too much about it. So let's call it a week. Let's call it a show now before I dig too much of a hole for myself. Thank you again, folks. We will be back next week. We'll be back at happy hour. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Don't get too lost in the bullshit and just enjoy your week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's Thomas Island. Find more great Thomas Island content like the Shotgun series, weekly happy hour Zoom calls with Tama, video versions of the podcast, and much, much more at patreon.com forward slash Thomas Island. And visit at Thomas Island on Instagram and Twitter. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.